Good morning, church. We're so happy that you're here with us this morning. If you are joining us online at the 9 o'clock, we have hosts available throughout the service. You can push the prayer request button if you'd like to talk or pray with someone at any time. Right now, would you please stand with me in body or spirit for the call to worship, which comes from John 13, 34 through 35. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. You are my disciples if you love one another. Let's worship together.
Hallelujah, we praise his name this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 20 through 22. This is Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. This is what he writes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. Now it is God who makes both of us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. This morning we have a new a new song to teach you. It's called Yes and Amen, relying on God's promises, knowing that the battle has already been won, that he will keep us close to his heart if we keep him close to ours. This is the chorus. Sing with us. Faithful you are. Faithful forever you will be. Faithful you are. All your promises are yes and amen. All your promises are yes and amen. Sing that again, faithful. Faithful you are. And faithful forever you will be. Faithful you are. All your promises are yes and amen. All your promises are yes and amen. Father of kindness. Father of kindness, you have poured out grace and brought me out of darkness. You have filled me with peace. Giver mercy, you're my help in time of need. Lord, I can't help but sing. Faithful. Faithful you are. Yes, and amen. Faithful, faithful, you 
sing, I will rest. I will rest in your promises. My confidence is your faithfulness. I will rest in your promises. My confidence oh, is your faithfulness. I will rest in your promises.
be seated for a moment. God is good. That's just a reality. We know that. Sometimes uh, it's more evident to us than other times. Sometimes uh, it's evident when God is good and we're able to praise him uh, just for maybe something he's done in our life. And then there's sometimes when things are not going the way that we think they should. And we have to remind ourselves that God is good in every circumstances. And so uh, we just, we know that about God. And as a result, we sing anyway. I had somebody stop me last week and ask me if they could uh, pray for me in any way. And it was an overwhelming request. You would think as a pastor, I could think of like, there's 10 things to pray for. But what happened was there were so many things to pray for that I got overwhelmed by what to share. It's like I couldn't just pick one. It's like, well, I can't just share one prayer request for you. Have you got time for 100? <laughs> sometimes in life, uh, that's the way it is. Our circumstances can be overwhelming. Sometimes it's easy for us to be able to step back and just say, wow, God has been so good. And this morning, we want to set some time aside just to pray and to connect with God in that way. We have... Uh, Prior to COVID, had a thing called we called upfront prayer, and we stopped doing that when uh, we weren't able to meet together, and we hadn't gotten that going. And as we moved towards the fall, upfront prayer is one of those values that we wanted to build back into our culture because I think there's a sense of, of disconnectedness that we're still continuing to feel with one another and with God as well. I know many people are still feeling disconnected from where God is, even before COVID, coming out of it certainly still. So we're going to do upfront prayer this morning. I want to invite our prayer team uh, to come forward. I just want to encourage you this morning uh, to be thinking about, especially if you're feeling overwhelmed uh, with prayer, to think of one thing that you can ask God to pray for. So our prayer team is going to be up here doing this next song. And so if you're a prayer team member, if you're a member of our small group team, we want to invite you to come up front to pray with one another. I'll be down here as well. But I want to encourage you during this next song, just to make your way up to the front. If there's something we can pray for you about, we'd love the opportunity to do that. And then Kyle's going to close us as we finish this last uh, song together and uh, we continue our worship. But make your way up to the front. Our prayer team can come up now. It'd be great. Thanks a lot. Thy hand. 
that you let us worship you and sing to you. Thank you, Lord, that you have this gathering place where we can come and be close to you and learn more about you. We can't thank you enough for all that you've done. And Lord, I just want to like offer the rest of our time together to you, that you will come and speak to us and teach us something from your word, and you'll just let us know that you're here with us, and we will feel so blessed to be by we love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. We give it all to you. It's for you to um, uh, click that prayer request now button. And so uh, it was really encouraging for us to be able to pray together. That's a value that we hope to build into our back into our culture so the second and fourth Sunday of each month we'll have our upfront prayer we're still building into our prayer team and so I just want to encourage you, you we can pray for you at any time though so if you ever have a prayer request please uh, you know, let us know on our website or app we'd love the opportunity to pray with you uh, but we'll be looking for some more information about that uh, today we are celebrating a child dedication we have a child dedication service today we have one family with us today and we have two for the next service and so child dedications or baptisms are another rhythm uh, we're trying to get back into child dedication is not one of the ordinances of the church uh, communion and baptism are and so but child dedication is really an opportunity for parents um, to commit their kids to the lord they're making a commitment to raise their kids up to understand how to have a relationship with christ they have a relationship with christ and they're helping their kids to understand how to have a relationship with christ as well it's an opportunity for us as a church to pray a blessing over the kids and their family it's an opportunity for us as a church to make a commitment to them to help them in that endeavor. So at this time, I'd like to rob, invite Rob and uh, Shannon uh, McEnany to come out, Rob and Rebecca McEnany to come out with uh, Judah and McCormick. 
And uh, <laughs> it has been so fun. I know you guys have been here since uh, January, and you're getting to make some friends and some connections and such. And so we are so glad that uh, both of you are with us. And uh, Rob is, is Irish, and I found out that I am just about 5% Irish. I took that DNS thing, so I feel connected to you. And so I've also got some German in there as well. So my wife's a 30%, so she's probably a little bit better connected. Uh, but it has been so encouraging uh, just to get to see you and your family. And I know the children's ministry loves uh, Judah and, and uh, Cormac back in the back. And so uh, we hope that you guys find this to be a place that you can call home, that the relationships that you're building into it are encouraging in your faith so that you can in turn uh, invest in the lives uh, of your ki- uh, children as well and, and help them to understand how to have a relationship with Christ. So at this time, I'd love the opportunity to pray, pray a blessing over your children and over your family. And then we're making as a commitment as a church uh, to help you in this endeavor as well. So let me just grab a little Cormac here. I'll pray for him real quick. Oh, I love babies. I know. They grow up so fast. I got three grandkids. You might not get this one back. <laughs> no, you'll get him back. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Thank you for trusting me with your child. <laughs> and then we'll bring Judah up here. Let me just pray over Judah and Cormac now. Uh, Father, I just want to thank you for this uh, family. I thank you for Rob and for Rebecca. Uh, thank you for bringing them to Springbrook and just for the work that you're doing in their life. We look forward to the work that you're going to continue to do. And I just want to lift these uh, boys up to you this morning. I pray for Judah, just a strong name, God, that you would uh, guard and protect his heart as he grows older. I pray that uh, for Cormac, that you would guide and direct his steps as well. And pray specifically for Rob and Rebecca as they raise these kids. Parenting is uh, it's fun. It's a lot of work. But I pray that you would encourage them in their faith and in their journey. Thank you for their family, for their friends. And thank you for this church family that we can come alongside them in this way. Uh, God, we just pray a blessing over them. And I lift them up to you, all of them up to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to thank you for bringing your little guys out. Oh, man. You babysitter. Let me, I want to work in the nursery. They are hard to give back. <laughs> so thanks for coming out. And I'd just like to ask you as a church, you know, so they're making a commitment uh, to raise their kids up to have a relationship with Christ. So you as a church, just actually you're a member of church, I'm going to ask you now if you would make a commitment with us uh, to help them in this endeavor to raise their kids. And so you can just say, um, I will. So do you do that? I will. Amen. Thank you, guys. <clears throat> well, if you have any questions about... Um, child dedication or baptism, uh, we would love uh, the opportunity to talk with you uh, more about that. In fact, um, we're starting a new series to, uh, today. It's a three-week series on loving God and loving others, and we're going to talk a little bit about, about how this commitment uh, is a part of how we love God. And so uh, we are uh, excited that you're with us. I know that uh, many people are still traveling for summer, but uh, it's exciting to be able to think about all that God has for us as we move towards the fall. And so if you are a first-time guest with us at Springbrook this morning, we want to extend a special welcome uh, to you. If you're a regular attender at Springbrook, well, we're glad you're here as well. If you're watching online, uh, we're glad you're with us as well. So you've got a connection card in your seat, and so you can fill that out, or you can just text uh, here to that phone number or scan that QR code. Just let us know you were here. And then if you're watching online, uh, please do the same. We'd love the opportunity to pray with you, to, to let us know that you were with us this morning so that we can uh, encourage you uh, in that way. I know our seniors are going to be getting together uh, next week. They have a picnic coming up on Tuesday the 15th from 1 to 5. Uh, if you have not yet registered for that, if you're in that category, you'd love to uh, join them for the, this picnic. Please uh, register for that today. I know they're going to be placing some food orders. The cost is only $8 per person. And so our seniors are going to be getting together uh, for uh, a picnic coming up soon. And then next weekend, 
uh, we have a, a weekend called Prayer First. And so we have uh, some workshops on Saturday that are designed to help us to be able to pray for our kids or for our grandkids. So we have some workshops uh, on Saturday praying for your children, your grandchildren. And then we have a second workshop on praying for your neighbors. And so uh, if you are interested in either one of those, they're going to run consistently. There's, it's not two separate workshops. First workshop is praying for your kids, and we're going to roll right into the next one uh, that is uh, praying for others. And so if you're interested in attending, you don't have to register, but if you could register, let us know. Uh, we've got some materials to print out. We'd love the opportunity to invite everyone to come out for one of those workshops. And then uh, Saturday evening, if you're a part of our leadership team uh, here at Springbrook, um, we're going to be gathering together for leaders' prayer. And uh, so we need you to register for that as well. Depending upon how many people are registered, we might be meeting at uh, our home, the home of somebody else. We might be meeting here at church. And so I'm still waiting for uh, registrations to come in to find our, our exact meeting location. But if you're interested in either one of those, please uh, be sure and visit our website. And then Sunday, we have a guest speaker, uh, our vice president of church strengthening at Converge. Brian Milk is going to be with us teaching on the importance of putting prayer first as, as we think about how we love God. Uh, and uh, so we want to encourage you to come back for that. And then Sunday night, um, we have a concert of prayer. So we're going to have worship, open prayer. We're going to be right here on the sanctuary. It's going to be starting at 530. It's going to be at 630. And so I just want to encourage you, if you want more information about this, uh, please be sure to uh, go for our website. But I want to invite you to, uh, to join us uh, next weekend. And a quick shout out to uh, Celebrate Recovery and Grief Share. I've been off for a couple of weeks. I understand Celebrate Recovery. The ladies are growing really strong. And I understand that Grief Share started last week. We had 12 people sign up for that. And so if you know somebody that is uh, struggling with hurts, habits, or hangups, Celebrate Recovery is a great resource. Or somebody that's lost a loved one. Uh, Grief Shore is a great resource um, uh, as well. And then we got some exciting things coming up uh, with Kid City and uh, Awana. So it's been a busy summer. I'm really excited as we move towards the fall. And today we're kicking off uh, this series, three-week series, on what it means to, to love God and love others. What does it mean to love God and love others? Two important commandments we're going to talk about in just a second. But I want to look at how loving God uh, relates to this issue even something as simple as child dedication and baptism. And we have some uh, packets um, out at the ministry center, the little green packets that say child dedication and baptism, and so it's on our website as well. So there's many resources that we have available to help you work through this. But, but it's important to think about how does child dedication, how is that a demonstration of, of how we love God? You know, in, uh, in Exodus chapter 13, um, there's a... Uh, a demonstration of God's love for us in this. You know, the Lord had said to Moses that we are to consecrate to him all of our firstborn. Whatever, whoever is the first to open up the womb among the people of Israel, both of man and beast is mine. And so there's this idea that God loves us. He wants a relationship with us. And, and when we bring our children before him in this way, it's a, it's a demonstration of our love for him. That consecration is to, is to set apart, it's to, it's to put first. And so something as simple as a child dedication is a, is a demonstration of both God's love for us and our love for him in the context of the relationship. You know, this was a practice that would continue on throughout the time of Jesus. This idea of bringing our children before the Lord is something that Joseph and Mary did at the time that Jesus was born. And that time came for their purification according to the law of Moses. They brought Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As is written in the law of the Lord, every male who is first opens the room shall be called holy to the Lord. 
It's that being set apart. This idea of dedicating our children is reflective of the love that he has for us, knowing that children are a blessing from the Lord, and we're putting him first in our families, in their lives, is a demonstration of a relationship, of a love for one another. And so child dedication kind of goes back. It's rooted in the idea that God loves us and that he has blessed us and we're giving him first place in our lives and everything, including our families. You know, children are a gift from God. They belong to him, and we are stewards. We get to take care of them for 18 years, sometimes maybe 30 or 40, I don't know. (laughs) But then they grow up, and they're on their own. But we have them for a short period of time, and so these children belong to him. And and when we acknowledge that and offer them up to him, it's a sign of of love and relationship. Hannah had had poured her soul out uh, for a child in 1 Samuel she had prayed for a child. The Lord has granted uh, her petition. Uh, she had brought him before the Lord and lent him to him. As long as he lives, he was lent to the Lord. He was giving them. She was giving him back to the Lord. And it's really interesting when you look at Hannah's story in, in 1 Samuel. She was barren. She couldn't have, she wasn't having kids. Uh, she continued praying to the Lord in 1 Samuel chapter 12. She continued praying before the Lord. And then Eli. Eli, the high priest, Eli observed her. Hannah was speaking in her heart, and only her lips were moving, and her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli took her to be a drunken woman, and Eli said to her, how long are you going to go on being drunk? Put your wine away from you. Hannah answered, no, my Lord, I am a woman troubled in spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Do not regard do not regard your servant as a worthless woman, for all along I have been speaking out of my great anxiety and vexation. Then Eli said to her, Go in peace, and the God of Israel will grant you your petition that you have made to him. And so by the time we get to verse twenty seven, she's had Samuel. She prayed for this child. The Lord had granted her petition, and she offers him up before the Lord. And so a child dedication is, a, is an offering of our children up before the Lord. It's also a commitment on behalf of our parents to train our kids up with the words that we have been given from Scripture. And so we have a relationship with Christ, and we want to help our kids understand how to have a relationship with Christ. The words that I have commanded you today shall be on your heart, God says. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house. And when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. And so as parents, we have the responsibility to help our children to understand how to have a relationship with Christ. Knowing that he loves us and wants a relationship with us. And so that's a relationship we want to pass down generationally to our kids. And so that's what a child dedication is. Child dedication is a recognition that children are a gift from the Lord. I have his love for us. He has blessed us with children. It's also a parental commitment to raise them up to understand what it means to have a relationship with Christ. Child dedication is not baptism. It doesn't make them have a relationship with Christ. It's a commitment on the behalf of parents to help their kids to understand how much God loves them and we love him as they grow older. This is important because I think as you think throughout our community, there's a lot of different understanding, misunderstanding about child dedication and baptism. 
And so, but in the context of God's love for us, we need to understand that God has given us these children and, and we're offering them up because we love him to, to be, let them be set apart for him. And so child dedication is not baptism. The first appearance of the word baptism in scripture appears in Mark chapter one. John appeared baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all of Jerusalem were going out to him and they were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. And so John's baptism was preparing the way for Jesus. It was getting people's hearts ready to receive their Savior. And so baptism first appears in Mark as John is baptizing people for the repentance of sins. Just a few verses later, baptism would would be reflected a little bit different as, as Jesus gets baptized by John. Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee. He was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And the voice of heaven came and said, You are my beloved Son. With you I am well pleased. And so at Jesus' baptism, we don't just see the baptism as repentance of of sin, we see, we see Jesus getting baptized, we see the Son there, we see the Father speaking, and we see the Holy Spirit descending like a dove. And so at Jesus' baptism, there's something different about the baptism of John. Baptism was redefined by Jesus through the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and ultimately what we find at the cross. In fact, uh, Apollos was at uh, Corneth on the book of Acts, and uh, Peter comes up to them and, and is talking to them about, you know, their need for repentance. Peter stands up, he gives his first sermon. 3,000 people repent and believe in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And so this new baptism has been ushered in by Jesus through, for forgiveness of sins as a result of the work that he's accomplished for us on the cross. And so there's a difference in this baptism, and, and Paul's trying to straighten that out. When he gets to Acts 19, he finds people that had been baptized by John but didn't understand who Jesus was and had never been baptized in the name of Jesus. And he says to them, who are you baptized? He said, well, I was baptized by John. And Paul said to him, well, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling people to believe in the one who was coming after him, that is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized again in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so there's a difference between child dedication and baptism. And it's an issue that is, needs to be clear. Right now, we have, we have 20 people at Springbrook that have expressed an interest in baptism but are trying to talk to their families about what baptism is. I didn't get baptized immediately after making a faith commitment because one of my parents thought I had joined a cult and the other one thought, well, what about this church? <laughs> Baptism is a confusing issue. And when we understand the love that God has for us, it's demonstrated in the fact that he sent his son for us to die on the cross for our sins, and that we can have a relationship with him, and that through that love relationship, we can enter into this relationship. One of the things that we want to do is we, we want to make a faith commitment. I believe that Jesus Christ is God. I died on the cross for my sins. And, we, and the Holy Spirit enters into us, and this relationship is formed based on the love that God has for us is demonstrated through his son. We make a faith commitment, and we get baptized. And as you read throughout Scripture, every person in Scripture that understands their need for a relationship with Christ makes a faith commitment, 
they get baptized. Many of them got baptized the same day that they made faith commitments. And every one of them were looking for a body of water. They went into the water. They got baptized. They came up out of the water. And so I think it's important for us to understand that in the context of God's love for us is demonstrated by Christ's death on the cross. Our response to that in our relationship is to make a faith commitment with him, not be ashamed with him, get baptized, and begin to grow in our faith. And so baptism and child dedication, they're two different things that we need to make sure that we're clear on. Baptism gives us forgiveness of sins in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, and, and it's for those that understand their need for a relationship with Christ. And so baptism is a, it's a symbol of a love relationship. I love my wife. I made a commitment to my wife. And this ring is a symbol of that covenant relationship that we've entered into. No one loves my wife more than me. We are in an intimate relationship with one another. We coveted to be with one another before God. And this ring is a symbol of that covenant. And baptism is a symbol of a covenant relationship with a God that loves us, is reflected in our love for him and our commitment to him. And baptism is that seal. It's a symbol of that um, commitment. Child dedication is a parental commitment, understanding that children are a gift from God to teach them and to raise them up to understand and to know and to fear of the Lord. So baptism and child dedication are rooted in God's love for us. And from a cultural perspective, from a church perspective, it's important that we understand the difference. And so we encourage people, if you've never made a faith commitment, to do that. If you've never been baptized after understanding your need for a relationship with Christ, we encourage people to take that step of faith. And so baptism is an important part of our growth walk. In fact, it's so important that Jesus, in his great uh, commission, said, go, baptize, and teach. So baptism is an important value for us, and we'll look a little bit more uh, about that in just a few moments. You know, we love God because he first loved us. A part of loving God before we can love others, a part of loving God is understanding that he first loved us. You know, you are able to love God more fully when you can appreciate more fully what Christ has done for you. The two are interrelated. God loved us, and that way we're still sinners. He sent his son to die for us. We love him back because of his love for us. And so loving God is rooted in our understanding about who Christ is. It's reflected in our commitment, in our baptism, in our spiritual growth, in our walk, in our journey. It's reflected in our relationship with him as we talk and, and listen to him through Bible intake and through prayer and encouraging one another in the faith. And so you cannot love God apart from understanding who we are in Christ. We are called to to love God and to love others and to teach others to do the same. So in this series, Loving God and Loving Others, we're going to look at, for the first two weeks, what it means to love God. As we read and study the scripture and apply it to our lives, and then we're going to look at loving God as it reflected in talking with him through prayer. Our relationships grow as we talk and listen to one another. It's the same with God as we read his word, as we listen to him, our relationship grows. As we talk and he listens up, our relationship grows. And so loving God is broken up into Bible intake and prayer. And then the third week, we're going to be looking at what it means um, to love others. In Exodus chapter 20, um, God has given uh, Moses the uh, Ten Commandments. And uh, they're carved in stone. He comes down, he presents them to the people. And uh, in just uh, ten chapters later, <laughs> the people have run amok. They've already turned their back on God. They've forged some golden calves, and the tablets are destroyed. 
you get to Exodus 34, um, we get a second set of tablets. <laughs> so, I don't know if you knew that. Did you know there was two sets of Ten Commandments that were given? One was in Exodus 20. They got destroyed, and so we get a second set in Exodus 34. So you move through Exodus, you move into a Numbers. Moses would not be entered, entering into the Promised Land with his people, but he gets a glimpse of what it's like. And in Deuteronomy chapter 5, Moses summons all of Israel together so that he can share with them his final words before they depart, and he goes to you know, be with the Lord. When you get to Deuteronomy chapter 6, he says this beginning in verse 1. Deuteronomy chapter 6 beginning in verse 1. This is the commandment, the statutes and the rules that the Lord God commanded me to teach to you that you may do them in the land to which you are going to possess. So he's reminding them of the words that they've been given as you prepare to go into the land that you're going to be possessing. I'm not going with you, but I want to make sure you got these words down. See to it that you fear the Lord, your God, and that you, your son, and your son's sons will keep all the statutes and commands which I have commanded you all the days of your life, that your days might be long. Hear therefore, Israel, and be careful to do them, that it might go well with you, and that you might multiply greatly. As the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in the land that is flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I am commanded you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them when you sit at your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontals between your eyes, and you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And so that's the passage that we just looked at. That's the commitment that parents are making as they raise their kids up to understand that the love that God has for me, the love that I have for him, my relationship with his son, these are things that I'm going to pass down to my kids. And so it's, it's, it's important that we have something to pass down and to share with others. You know, when, when asked by one of the Pharisees what the most important commandment was in Scripture, this is the answer that Jesus gave them. The most important thing that you could do is, is to love God and put him first in your life. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And then he gives us a second one. It's like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commands depend all the law and the prophets. Loving God and loving others are two foundational characteristics of what it means to be a disciple. That's what we talk about when we talk about our picture of a disciple at Springbrook. One of the first two foundational characteristics of being a Christian of being a Christ follower, of being a disciple, are that we love God and love others. That's what somebody that is a Christ follower that does. You can't be a Christ follower, you can't be a disciple unless you understand the love that God has for you and that you're loving him back and you have this relationship. Loving God is foundational in putting him first in every area of our life. 
And so a disciple, a Christian, is someone who loves God and love others. Those are two characteristics of what it means to be a Christ follower, to be a Christian, you know, to be a disciple. We love God, we have a relationship with him, and we love others as we serve others around us. We have three other characteristics that come from Jesus in Matthew 28. He said that we're to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Go, baptize, and teach. While you're going, when you're out in your workplace, when you're in your school, when you're, when you're in your neighborhood, the people around you, the relationships around you, you're, you're sharing with others the work that God has done in your life with them. While you're going, make disciples. Disciples are the people that, that don't have a relationship with Christ that now do. We're, we're making disciples. Discipleship begins with looking for people that have questions about who God is. And if you have questions about who God is this morning and you have questions about our relationship with Christ, we are so glad that you are with us this morning because this is where the discipleship process starts. We want to help you to be able to cross that line of faith so that you can grow in your faith and experience the fullness of the love that God has for you. So go, baptize, and teach. It just so happens that on your seat, uh, you have a little copy of a, a little bookmark. It's got our picture of a disciple on it, and loving God and loving others are verse two. <laughs> They're really important. So we love God. We love others. Go, baptize, and teach. And so you can take that card with you. All of our ministry at Springbrook, everything that we do at Springbrook is, 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 is built up in these values. If it doesn't fit into one of these values, then we don't do it. You know, when somebody says, hey, I got an idea for a ministry, my first thought is, okay, well, is it going to help us love God, love others, go baptize or teach? And so our discipleship pathway, our ministry is geared towards helping others to experience more of the love that God has for them. So they become more of what God has for them. Jesus came to give us life and life to the full. There's other things that we could be doing with our time this morning, but we've come here out of love for him, and, and, it, and it's an expression of his love for us. We, we're celebrating in a worship service. And so these are an important part of, of what it means to be a disciple. And so if you want more of those, we've got a copy of those out at the uh, service. But I want to make sure that everyone understands at Springbrook, what does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to be a disciple at Springbrook? It's people that are loving God, loving others. They're going and they're baptizing, they're teaching. And that fleshes itself out in different ways in different ministries. And so if you have any questions about that, we have a starting point workshop coming up <laughs> next Wednesday. So if you want to know more about our vision, mission, and values, this is one of the things we're going to be talking about. Uh, Laura, our connections director, has got some packets out in the lobby. Uh, but I'd love to be able to share a little bit more with you about our vision and mission at Springbrook. You know, we're looking at loving God and, and loving others you know, for three weeks. And we're talking now about loving God only, and we're looking at the importance of being in his word and letting that guide and direct our steps. Next week, we're going to be looking at loving God through prayer. It's our prayer first weekend, and I want to encourage you to sign up for that. If you've got questions, I would love to get you engaged with that. And the last week, we're going to be looking at loving others. And so where does loving God start? In fact, where does any relationship start, really? Where do relationships start? Typically, there's a, an introduction. I can remember the first time I met my lovely bride. <laughs> there's an introduction. 
there's talking and there's listening to one another. Relationships are based on talking and listening to one another. Relationships starts, love starts with being together and talking and listening to one another. God speaks to us through his word. He speaks to us through his word and we listen to him through his word. That's what the Bible, that's why the Bible is so important because God speaks to us. If you have questions, God has got answers, but you have to be in his word to find the answers. Or you have to talk to somebody else that's in his word that can share the answers with you. The Bible is foundational for how we listen to him. He speaks and we listen. That's the first half of the relationship. And then, and then we get to speak to him through prayer. and He listens to us. And so our relationship, any relationship, is based on talking and listening to one another. You know, there's people that, uh, this is your first time at Springbrook, and, you know, we don't have a relationship. And so, you know, it's my prayer that as you come into Springbrook, you would meet others that you can talk and listen to. Relationships are based on talking and listening. Some of you have been here, and we've been talking and listening for 15 years. <laughs> In the context of your small groups, when you get together, you're studying and reading the Bible, you're talking and listening together. When you serve together in ministry, you're, you're talking and listening to, you, to each other. Relationships cannot be formed unless we're together And in the context of talking and listening to one another, we're sharpening one another and learning from one another. It's the same with God. And our focus today is on how God speaks to us and how we listen through his word. Next week, we're going to be looking at how we speak to God. We like to speak to God through prayer because we've got a long list. But listening to God is is a skill that we have to develop. Relationships are based on talking and listening. But I want to invite you to turn with me to Psalm chapter 1, if you brought your Bible with you this morning, in Psalm chapter 1. Six verses I just want to, uh, to read together, and then we're going to spend some time unpacking that, and then we're going to go in, we're going to live it out um, today. Beginning in Psalm chapter 1, verse 1, it says this, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does he prospers. The wicked are not so, though. They are like chaff. The wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. You know, there's several lessons that we can learn as we read through Psalm 1 together, but the first thing I want to just kind of point out to you, and the more I've reflected on it, the more stark the comparisons that I've discovered between two types of people. This passage has got uh, six verses. First three are one type of person, and the next three verses are the second type of person. The first type of person is the person that is blessed, does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. They are in the world, but they have separated themselves from it. You know, many times when you talk to people that are Christians, sometimes it's difficult to tell the difference between somebody that says they have a relationship with Christ versus what they see in the rest of the world. We're called to be different. 
We're in the world, but we're different. And, the, and this kind of person that's blessed is, is not listening to the counsel of the wicked. He's not standing in the way of sinners, nor sitting in the seat of scoffers. Rather, he has turned his focus, his attention to the Word of God. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and it is on his law that he meditates day and night. And so the Bible has a prominent position in the life of a person that is going to be blessed. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yield its fruits in season, and its leaf does not wither, and all he does, he prospers. You know, as you read through this passage, you know, this, this blessing comes from, ultimately points us to Christ. Everything points to Christ, by the way. So you're not sure the answer. The answer is probably Jesus. <laughs> You know, Jesus is the, is the, it gives us that living water in, in, uh, in, in John chapter 4. There's a woman from Samaria. She came to draw water, give me a drink. The disciples had gone away. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you ask a Jew for a drink? Jews don't have anything to do with Samaritans. Jesus answered, answered this, if you knew the gift of God, And who it was saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Jesus is living water. He is that stream that fulfills every single one of our needs. And God's word reveals to us the fullness of how to have a relationship with him and how to experience this blessing. And so the first type of person that appears in these first three verses is a person that finds delight in God's word. That's the person that's going to experience blessing. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruits in season. Its leaf will not wither, and all that he does will prosper. And so that's the first type of person. The second person that's contrasted with that is the wicked. They are not so. They're not like that person. They're not in God's word. They're not in their relationship with Christ. They're not experiencing God's love. The wicked are not like that, but they are rather like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not be able to stand in that judgment, nor the sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the ways of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. As you read through Psalm 1, there are two types of people. And and there's nothing in the middle. It's not like we're talking about, well, I'm not this. Well, if you're not that, then you're this. There's not like a third option in here. When you read through Psalm 1 and it talks about the blessings that come from being, you know, experiencing God's love, you're either experiencing that or you're not. There's, there's, there's only two types of people in that passage. And that reality of that stark contrast is a motivator for me. You know, it, wants, it, it helps me to want to be able to be the kind of person that's experiencing blessing as, as I find my delight in God's word. I had an opportunity to... Uh, take a vacation last week, and it was a beautiful place. <laughs> I went up into the mountains, but it was hot. I grew up in the desert, and so I love dry, arid, hot areas. In fact, I'm sucking. You guys are probably dry because my body is sucking all the humidity out of this room for you. <laughs> so when I get around dry, hot, arid areas, I'm like, oh. This is what heaven's going to be like, and it's going to smell like bacon. So I'm driving around, and uh, there's a dam up in this mountain. It's called Lake Berryessa. In the middle of this dry, hot area is a dam. It's just like poof, out of the middle of nowhere. Below the dam is this 
creek that runs out of the dam. And I went down in there, and it was like, it was so cool. It was so refreshing. It was, it was wonderful. And I was looking at those trees thinking, look at these trees in the middle of this desert that are sucking up this water. You know, when we find our delight in the law of the Lord, we're like a tree planted by streams of water that yield its fruit in season. And I'm looking at these trees and I'm thinking, that's what it means to find our delight in, in God's word. You know, we can, no matter what our circumstances are, no matter what's going on in life, no matter how hot and arid it is out there, when we are in God's word, that's where we find our delight. That's what God promises us. And so God speaks to us through his word. And so what does this passage say to you? Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seats of scoffers, but what? Or delights in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. So, what does that say to you? <laughs> From a pastoral perspective, it doesn't take a lot of education, doesn't take a seminary degree, doesn't take a lot of experience as a Christ follower to read that passage and to know what to do with it, does it? When we open our Bible up, and when we read a passage, God's pretty clear. And so we don't have to second-guess this. You know, our blessing comes from delighting in his word. Ergo, (laughs) I'm going to pick up my Bible and read. And so it's one thing to tell somebody, you need to read your Bible. You know, because we've heard that a lot. Well, tell me why. Well, if you want to experience God's best for you, if you want to experience blessing, the delight comes from being in God's word. Hey, if you want this then get in that. Because the inverse is also true. Or if you want to be out in the hot, dry desert on your own, then you know God has given you the ability to make that choice. In his infinite wisdom, he has given us the ability to make choices that are in alignment with his will. And so each one of us has a choice to make. Which life do we want to live? Do we want to live this wicked, dry one, or do we want to live this one that's being refreshed and delighted and being blessed? And so blessed is the man that walks in the counsel of the wicked. And so you see the first two stark contrasts between the types of people in this passage. The second stark contrast you see is how they live this life out and where their hope is. And so for those that have experienced this blessing, for those that are finding delight in his law, they are like a tree planted by streams of water that are going to yield its fruit. It does not wither and all that he does prospers. There's, there's a sense of hope in this life and eternity that comes from being rooted in his word. It's not the way of the wicked. They're like chaff that the wind drives away. The wicked are not going to be able to stand in this judgment. They're not going to be in the congregation of the righteous. And so those that are blessed, that are rooted in his word, that have a relationship with Christ, they're going to be blessed. They're the righteous ones. They're, they're the ones that have the assurance of, of heaven. The wicked are not so. It's the assurance of hell. The wicked are not so. They're like chaff that the wind drives away. The wicked will not stand in that judgment. They're not going to find themselves in the congregation of the righteous. The Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. And so as you read through Psalm 1, there's a contrast between two types of people. They're the types of people that find delight in God's word and then those that find the delight in the world. 
And you find two types of people ultimately that have their hope in, in Christ and then those that do not have their hope in Christ. And all those are reflected as we understand more fully the importance of what it means to have a relationship with Christ. He first loved us so that we can love him. In his love, we are secure. In God's word, we find blessing. In God's word, we find life. It's able to divide to the marrow. In, in God's word, we find the abundance of life. It's in God's word that we find everything that we need to fully experience the love that God has for us as we read, reflect, apply, and study. In his word, we find his love. And through his word, we're able to experience that love and share that with others. So loving God is is reflected in the study of his word. It's reflected in experiencing his love. And then we get to share that with others. And so reading God's word is the first part of that relationship. And so as Psalm 1 reminds us, our blessing comes from reading and studying and applying his word to our life. We love God as we study out his as, as we study his word. We love God as we teach that to our children. And we love God as we experience that and encourage and sharpen one another. And so a part of our loving God is how we listen to him through his word. And then next week, we're going to be looking at how we love God through prayer. How we love God through prayer. And God does love us and he does want to hear from us. And prayer is important. It's important to us from a church perspective. You know, it's important to us that we be able to to come to a loving God that wants a relationship with us with us, and, and share with him what's on our heart. And so next week, we're going to be looking at the other half of loving God as we think about how we talk to him. And I want to encourage you, please, if you, if you are interested in one of those workshops, please sign up for one today. Come and join us next Sunday for our prayer first service where we're going to be talking about the importance of prayer and how we love God. And in our concert of prayer, uh, Sunday evenings could be an hour and a half right here at Springbrook. Um, I just want to encourage you. Uh, to be intentional about thinking about how am I loving God and loving others. It's an important part of our values at Springbrook. I hope that you are encouraged as you think about the blessings that are yours as a result of who you are in Christ. And just know this, God loves you. He has a plan for your life. If you have questions about that, I would love the opportunity um, to talk more with you about that. So if you have questions about a relationship with Christ or childhood, any questions that you have, um, you can just text the next step to that phone number and we'll be available after the service. But I pray that you're encouraged today, just knowing that in Christ, um, there's blessing there. I pray that you're able to experience that. Thank you for being with us this morning. Father, I just thank you for this day you've given us today. And I thank you for the hope that we do have in Christ. Thank you for the opportunity we have to to celebrate um, our children. Thank you for this child dedication. Thank you for the opportunity we have to help others around us to understand the importance of how to have a relationship with Christ. And um, thank you for Daniel, who made a faith commitment uh, two weeks ago. God, thank you for the opportunity we have to celebrate baptisms and child dedications and encouraging one another in the faith. Uh, God, you are good. You are good to us. And uh, we are so grateful uh, for that. We just commit this day to you. We look forward to all that you have for us. And uh, we pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Please stand.
Father everlasting, the all-creating one, God Almighty. Through your Holy Spirit, conceiving Christ the Son, Jesus our Savior. I believe in God our Father. I believe in Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Our God is three in one. I believe in the resurrection. Then we will rise again. For I believe in the name.
Amen. Father, we believe. If you're here this morning and you haven't accepted salvation, if you're here this morning and you don't know what it means to communicate with God, to have a relationship with Him, please do not leave without talking to somebody. Whether it be somebody from the, from the prayer team or even if it's me, please do not leave without talking to somebody. Otherwise, this morning, please just go in peace to love and serve our awesome God.